Welcome, everybody, to day two of Market Madness. Uh, I'm JT Street. I am joined today by Simon Erickson and Dana Abramovitz, two of our lead advisors here at 7investing. Simon and Dana, welcome. Hey, good morning, JT. Excited to be here for round two of Market Madness this month. Yep, I'm super excited to see how this goes. (laughs) My my (laughs) athleticness, see how, how it goes. Well, thankfully, we're not going to be doing any free throw shooting here. We're just going to be talking. So, uh, so far, Market Madness has been, uh, well, living up to its name. Uh, yesterday's matchup between uh, number one ranked Exxon and number 16 ranked X, uh, Upstart uh, ended with an upset as uh, Upstart beat Exxon and went on to the next round. So, We'll see if Coinbase uh, has what it takes to follow in that suit. I know we've got the poll live came out just a few hours ago, and it, it, right now it's looking like uh, maybe we don't get another X uh, upset. Uh, Abvi right now has a pretty commanding lead, sixty-six to thirty-three. But let's dive into it with our two lead advisors here, and we can kick the tires on both of these companies and see if we can convince people to vote one way or the other. Uh, we've got Dana working on the AbbVie side and Simon is handling the Coinbase duties today. So uh, why don't we go ahead and start with the leader here. Uh, Dana, tell us a little bit about AbbVie and uh, why it's got such a commanding lead out of the jump here. Well, it's uh, ranks one of the top companies um, in the world. So, you know, Lots of revenue, lots of. Hey Dana, we're uh, hang on, give us a second. Market. I think you're going so through a bit of, of a of, um, candidates and its pipe. It is really a. Hey Dana, you're having some connectivity issues. Uh, I'm going to put you on mute for a second to see if we can get you to a place where you have a little bit of a better connection. Uh, why don't we flip okay. this a little bit and uh, have Simon start with Coinbase while you do that. Yeah. Th- thanks, JT. And Dan, I was hearing the same thing. A bit of an echo, perhaps, just some technical difficulties. Twitter Spaces has always got a curveball for us, throwing yet another sports metaphor at you there. Uh, be- before we do get started, just a reminder for anyone who's new to this, that we're running the Market Madness tournament all month, where we've chosen 16 stocks and matched them up in, in head-to-head matchups like this one uh, between AbbVie and Coinbase, where we're ultimately trying to find out of these 16 companies, which is the best current stock opportunity for investors right now. And as JT mentioned, you know, yesterday we we had uh, Exxon, which was the number one ranked company, at least in our tournament, versus the 16th ranked underdog upstart. And those rankings represent the 2022 total returns, right? So the reason that Exxon got the, the, the top seed wasn't just because we super love Exxon. We just objectively said, hey, out of these companies, we picked Exxon's 86% total return in 2022 was the best of this entire group. And Upstart was down 91%, right? So so even though Upstart looked like the the super underdog, um, it was just a really good year for kind of a conservative, massive energy company like Exxon. And that might flip the script. And so we're expecting more of these up kind of kind of upsets like we saw. Upstart did beat Exxon. It's rare that a 16 seed will beat a number one seed, but uh, in our tournament, anything's possible, right, JT? That's right. That's right. And I want to uh, dig into that. Let's go ahead and start with our 15th seed, uh, Coinbase, and uh, take us through a little bit about this company. It's kind of a a newer company. Uh, If people aren't familiar with the cryptocurrency space, they may not know uh, all that much about Coinbase. So, uh, Simon, take us through what Coinbase is and what they do. 
I think no one really, really knows everything about cryptocurrency. And if they tell you that they do, then they're lying. It's just something that has taken the financial services industry by storm in recent years, ever since the white paper written by the anonymous Satoshi, uh, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Easy for anyone else with more coffee than me uh, to say back in 2008. Uh, Bitcoin, you know, from the start and cryptocurrencies from the start were really meant to kind of increase the um, the accessibility of the financial system to those that were not participating in it through traditional banking, you know, and traditional currencies. And crypto from the start, you know, tried to decouple from fiat currencies and anything, you know, that the government could, could manipulate. Um, we're seeing a lot right now with the Federal Reserve boosting the Fed funds rates and, you know, increasing inflation um, is, is kind of been counteracted by the government's actions to, to counteract that with, with rising interest rates. And crypto from the start was kind of, you know, break away from governments, let the market just decide what these should be worth. And then, you know, based on a fixed supply of Bitcoin, um, fig- figure out what, what one Bitcoin would be worth. And so uh, Coinbase kind of arose as one of the first exchanges where you could not only buy and hold cryptocurrencies as investment assets uh, and benefit as they went up in price, but also use them for commercial exchanges where you could actually use Bitcoin and several other uh, cryptocurrencies for commercial transactions. Uh, t- today, you know, it's come a long way since kind of these early transactions that weren't trackable and, you know, people were using them for illegal activities and and all sorts of other things. But then you kind of saw the development of uh, more interesting commercial applications for this, right? Ethereum was being used for smart contracts where you didn't need all these transactional middlemen. You could just immediately uh, and legally uh, conduct transactions with it, with a digital currency to provide for those. One thing that Coinbase has been doing is trying to get Bitcoin specifically to be used for commercial transactions, uh, where it's not just something that's sitting in account um, in storage on your computer, but you're actually using it in grocery stores to pay for groceries or for buying cars or any other merchants that are now accepting Bitcoin. You can even even actually use in the traditional uh, point of sale machines that were taking payments. And then, of course, the biggest opportunity for cryptocurrency of all was as a recognized and investable asset for retirement accounts. There's just within the United States alone, $40 trillion, the T, worth of retirement assets that, you know, when you look at some of those big asset managers, some of the big institutions out there, the Fidelities of the world, the Black Rocks of the world, each of these having $10 trillion or more of total client assets, even just a small percentage of those that would be dedicated to cryptocurrencies as a recognized asset, you know, in replacement of, of cash or money markets or bonds or anything that's uh, that's traditionally gotten perhaps lower returns, at least compared to equities. If there was a way to control the risks of crypto and dedicate some funds into retirement accounts. That was always kind of the holy grail for a company like like Coinbase. And so here we are. Uh, you know, Coinbase today is a 14 billion dollar market cap. That's down significantly from the $100 billion that it was worth in its direct listing back in 2021, two years ago, um, when it didn't hit the public markets. It's kind of always been one of the largest publicly available exchanges. Uh, And again, you know, it's an exchange. You can actually conduct transactions. You can also buy and sell the cryptocurrencies itself. It has 110 million verified users, and it charges an average of 1.3% of every transaction as a fee, as a transaction fee. But just to kind of close this out before we open it up for some questions here, JT, uh, Coinbase had a really tough year in 2022 because of all of the uncertainty and the volatility that was surrounding the crypto markets, right? They have 
in year-over-year -year comparisons, we just got four Q results. Revenue overall was down 76% year-over-year due to an 86% decline in their transactional revenue. And of course, when you're just taking a fee of the total transaction cost, uh, when the prices of, of Bitcoin falls by 60% or more in a single year, uh, there's no surprise that the transactions are much lower and the fees are much lower from something like that. One bright spot that I'll close it out here as we're talking about Coinbase is they really are trying to get their hooks in with enterprise customers, with institutional customers. They've made great strides with Fidelity and BlackRock. They partner with both of them for risk management for larger institutions that are trying to manage large accounts. And also their subscription revenues, uh, not just the transaction revenues, but, but that that they derive from monthly subscription fees regardless of the spot price of cryptos, uh, we're up 32% year over year. So a company that had a really tough 2022, there's still a lot of, uh, of coming regulations for cryptocurrencies. There's a lot of uncertainty in this market, but, crypto, uh, but Coinbase itself is trying to establish itself as a trusted leader in this space that abides by those regulations and, is, and can be trusted by its clients uh, rather than just one that kind of follows the FTX exchange. Uh, path into irrelevance and defrauding investors. Uh, that's kind of caused a black eye for a lot of crypto investors and a lot that would even consider investing in a crypto exchange. But Coinbase wants, wants to really kind of separate itself from the rest of what's going on out there. Simon, before, well, I tell you what, let's try this. Uh, Dana, are you still available? Were you able to find a better place? I, I, I Can you hear me? I can, I can. That sounds much, much better. All right. Well, let's move on then. Thank you, Simon. We're going to come back to Coinbase with questions in just a minute. Uh, for folks who are listening, you can text us a question. Uh, just type it underneath uh, here in the space and we'll answer it. Or if you want to ask a question, you can always raise your hand and we will turn your mic on and you can ask a question and be a part of the program. So don't be shy. Let us know through either way, whichever is more comfortable with you. And our lead advisors will tackle any questions you have about Coinbase or AbbVie. So with that, Dana, why don't you take us through AbbVie and uh, let us know a little bit about this company? Sure. So AbbVie is, you know, I, I was saying earlier, it is ranked fifth of the top pharmaceutical companies. So it's definitely big pharma. Um, you might be surprised to know that it was a spin out in uh, 2013 from Abbott Labs. So, you know, Abbott Labs, you know, really large company spins out the um, pharmaceutical components from its device components. And so AbbVie, um, so Abbott and the, the V part stands for life. Um, comes together to really focus on um, on you know therapeutics for um, a variety of different um, uh, diseases. Um, so the, their focus areas are immunology and uh, oncology, neuroscience, aesthetics, and they just acquired in 2020 allerg allergen, um, which makes a lot of the eye drops and um, you know a lot of the things that um, are pertinent to eye care. Um, you know, it, it's funny, you know, there are all sorts of advertisements for uh, pharmaceuticals, you know, on TV, on the radio and magazines. And so you might be surprised, but I, I bet that you've heard of some of 
um, Abzi's products. Um, you know, Humira, um, which is a um, immunosuppressant drug that's been used to treat arthritis, psoriasis, uh, Crohn's disease, um, ulcer ulcerative colitis, um, you know, all sorts of different drugs. So that's really their big blockbuster. Um, it brought in $21 billion in revenue um, last year. So, you know, it's, it's a monoclonal antibody type drug um, really designed to focus on the immune system, um, uh, you know, targeting very specifically to treat the disease. And that's one of the things that um, make Abby, you know, kind of unique compared to, you know, like the traditional, you know, big pharma, you know, think Merck, um, GSK, um, is that, you know, Abby really... Um, focuses more on the personalized medicine components um, of, of their business. So a lot of, um, you know, using genetic information, um, companion diagnostics, um, monoclonal antibodies to really target specifically um, to treat uh, disease. Um, and, you know, Humera has definitely been its all-star. Um, but, you know, there is a little bit of, you know, concern um, because that, that drug is coming off patent. Um, and so, you know, we're expecting some biosimilars to appear on the market this summer. Um, so that's certainly a concern, um, you know, given that, you know, this, this drug has, you know, is, is a big moneymaker for AbbVie. Um, the cool thing is, is that it does have, um, you know, strong um, uh, products already on the market. So, um, uh, Skyrezi and, uh, 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 uh I'm, I'm bad at pronouncing drug names and those are the, um, brand names, not even generic names. <laughs> um, so also, um, you know, combined, they're expected to exceed um, Humera's revenues. Um, so that is, you know, certainly exciting. Um, other um, products that it has, you know, that might be more familiar are, are Botox, um, which is actually used for migraine. So, you know, it, it's exploring and expanding there. Um, it has some um, candidates for Alzheimer's disease. So doing, um, you know, really great work um, in, in spaces that, you know, really need um, uh, good therapeutics. Yeah, and Dana, you, you, you touched on one of the really interesting parts of AbbVie. Uh, some of the work that I do is in the aesthetic space, and uh, Botox is probably the top uh, single injectable, the most well-known injectable on the planet right now. And so having that in their toolkit is really nice. But in addition to that, they have a lot of uh, other things that are really coming up in the uh, non-surgical plastic uh, surgery alternatives department, things like cool sculpting, which is a way to use intense cold to freeze fat and uh, Juvederm and Kybella, which are like dermal fillers that you can use to instantly like plump up your face a little bit. They even have something that you can inject underneath your chin uh, to get rid of uh, under chin fat. And so, you know, take that double chin down to a single. So, uh, it, it's real fascinating to see them pick up Allergan. And, uh, you know, for, for anyone who's interested in, in that kind of exploding space, I, I could I could talk aesthetics for a long time. But uh, it's uh, it's a it's a neat component to what AbbVie does. It makes them more than just a uh, like you said, the, uh, the, that old guard uh, drug developer, you know, uh, big pharma. They, they've got some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was just going to add, so, you know, I really like um, companies that have, you know, kind of that 
seconds um, line, you know, the aesthetics line. So it's very similar to their main products. And, you know, so their, you know, operations are very similar. They know how to do that type of work to bring these types of products to market. But it is a different market. And it's, it's you know, such a growing and thriving market, the aesthetics market. Um, you have, you know, you're not worried as much about um, insurance, you know, it, the people, you know, you know, I, I talk often, you know, like being a woman of a certain age and, you know, just, you know, I'm just like, here, take my money if that's going to reduce some wrinkle or, or, or something like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that that, you know, the. Uh, Dana, it looks like we lost you again. Uh, I'm going to bring Simon back into the conversation here. Simon, tell us, uh, you know, as we compare these, what we're looking for here in this in this mar uh, market madness discussion is uh, a three-year time horizon, which is going to be the company out of the 16 that we have that is going to outperform the market the most out of the next three years. So uh, what is it about Coinbase that you think is going to make it a contender to take that top spot. If people are voting for Coinbase over AbbVie, you know, AbbVie's got a lot to, a lot to say here. You know, they're going to, you know, they've got good brands. They've got good affiliates. They've made good acquisitions. They're a big established company. What's Coinbase going to do to kind of knock companies like that uh, off the top spot as they move forward over the next three years? Well, let me get to Coinbase in just a minute, JT, but I want to continue to sing the, the praises of AbbVie too, you know, which is funny. I'm, I'm the one pitching Coinbase, but I'm going to say more good things about the one that Dana's pitching. I mean, I, I think that, you know, everyone has looked at Humira coming off patent, and that's been like this giant, you know, the patent cliff. Everyone always kind of worries about things like that. But I think the company has actually done a very good job of addressing it, right? Like we, we just mentioned Allegan, you know, the $63 billion acquisition is, is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, they just raised the price of Humira another 8% here recently. I mean, Abby knows what it is. You know, it's an innovator, but it's also one that is a steady cash flow generating machine. And the appeal that it has for investors, it knows this, institutional investors especially, is that dividend, that that rising dividend, 3.8% yield that you're getting today, 592 a share. I mean, they've doubled that within the last five years, continue to push it up because they've got cash flow generating assets. And I don't think that, they want to jeopardize that in any way. They're going to continue to spend on R&D. They're going to continue to innovate. But just like Aswath, the motor and uh, NYU finance professor, said, you know, has said, you know, large drug makers, large pharmaceutical companies can benefit from acquiring others because they've got such deep pockets and such cash flow generating assets. You know, let some of the smaller ones find it out in an earlier stage and then find out what the assets that are going to be your cash cows uh, are going to be later on. And then Dana did a good good point to, you know, Botox is not as exposed to insurance reimbursement, a lot of things that some of these drugs are. Uh, AbbVie is going to be a safe play or a much safer play than Coinbase is in this, in this matchup. Uh, the, the, the return, the, the way that Coinbase would win this matchup is exactly the opposite, which is just that everyone has hated on cryptocurrencies this past year, mostly because of the uncertainty, right? FTX and Sam, Sam Bankman fried and everybody else, the defrauding investors, the billions of dollars of disappeared assets. I mean, are, are we going to, to give crypto another chance? I, I think so. I think there's too much that's happened in this entire space and trillions of dollars with the T of assets that have been dedicated to cryptocurrencies. I mean, you've seen that get slashed uh, more than 50% during just the past year. And if that regains um, any kind of trust with investors right now, Coinbase knows that it wants to be 
a little bit more expensive, but, you know, trustable by institutions and by retail traders both. And it's going to continue to push for, you know, commercial transactions. It's going to continue to push for institutional assets. It's not just going to be everyone and their grandma and their dog that's buying Bitcoin in their Coinbase exchange account and, you know, paying 1.3% for it. It's going to build out these option, these options that it spent the time and is paying for, you know, make sure that it's, it's regulated or it's abiding by the regulations that govern it. Um, and, and it's going to kind of capture and monetize these 110 million users that it's got in more and more clever ways that aren't just the sticker price of having a higher transaction fee. So I think if crypto regains prominence, you know, and there's going to be a fewer players, but they're going to be more trustable. I think Coinbase can stand alone as one of those. Pretty sharp CEO, you know, he's pretty open and seeing what's going on and there's going to be a more regulatory environment. I'd, rec- I'd recommend reading their shareholder letter from the fourth quarter uh, where he's pretty upfront about what's going on out there in the industry. This isn't just hoorah cheerleading for the price of Bitcoin going back up. You know, he's kind of looking at bigger picture. I think something like that could benefit Coinbase uh, over the next three years. David, let me bring you back in here uh, for the next uh, focus on this. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, what do you think needs to happen for AbbVie to you know, really take the crown here? Right? We are trying to find the company that is going to outperform the market the most over the next uh, three years. There's a lot of competition with 16 companies here. Uh, AbbVie, like like Simon said, like you've said, is you know an established, you know, big company. So not one that we necessarily think of when we think of like explosive growth. So what would it take for AbbVie to you know knock off all these others and and be a consistent performer that winds up being the top uh, top company here over the next three years? Well, you know, it it just has such a strong pipeline. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, just continuing to do what it's been doing, you know, working with patients, partnering with other um, companies, you know, smaller, possibly companies that could help it. Um, but really just, you know, the, the science that it does, um, you know, working with patients, you know, advancing, um, you know, it, it puts so much into R&D. Um, just to kind of move things forward and just really stay at the forefront. Um, and, you know, I think that that, you know, is going to allow it, you know, to at least, you know, stay in the top five of pharma and maybe, you know, overcome some of the other, you know, um, companies that are, you know, more focused on, um, you know, the small molecule type of a therapeutic. Yeah. And then and I'll add to that something kind of, rephrasing what Simon said yesterday about Exxon, I think that holds true here. Uh, With so much institutional money sitting on the sidelines right now, at some point that money is going to come in. And Simon, I'll bring you in to to chat on this too, since this is the bell you're ringing. Uh, You got to think that if there's reluctance based on the Fed movement or interest rates or things like that, and when that that institutional money decides to go somewhere, they're going to go look for safe havens and and buttress those companies. Uh, AbbVie is one of those traditional safe havens with a big, you know, nice, fat, nearly 4% dividend. It's got established companies. It's in that aesthetic space. And, you know, talking about the aesthetic space, you know, one of the prevailing theories in that space is uh, what's known as the the lipstick principle, right? So, like, in, in the Great Depression, uh, when when people went out shopping, they they bought food and they bought lipstick, because there's just something psychologically valuable about feeling good about yourself in troubled times. So 
it, we are certainly in troubled times. And so I, I think the lipstick principle applies to AbbVie with its big, uh, you know, aesthetic uh, acquisition there in Allergan. Uh, Simon, you want to talk about that uh, as well, the, uh, the sort of macro picture here for these companies? Yeah, like, like you mentioned, I mean, $5 trillion is in uh, money market funds right now in the U.S. alone, much more than that globally. A lot of people sitting on the sidelines waiting for uh, inflation to kind of come back under control, right? It's the same story we hear in every headline. Um, now, at some point, I don't know if it's within the next year or the next three years or the next five years, but there will be an appetite for growth equities again. And Coinbase is right along that line. You know, as long as it can stand alone and show trust and that it's it's doing everything right for investors, there will be institutions that will put money into Coinbase again. And I think that's that's the case, right? You know, is do you do you go with the more conservative pick, which is AbbVie right now, or do you have the expectation that you're going to see a lot more money going to Coinbase within three years? It's a tough decision. I, I think for me, it's 50-50. I don't think I have a real clear favor that I would vote for in this fashion. Uh, Simon, I wanted to address something that just happened uh, in the comments thread, but I wanted to give us a chance for people who are listening to listen to it here. Sir Pink asks, what other verticals do you see for Coinbase besides subscription and transaction? Do you want to tackle that one? Yeah, I mean, you saw them partner up. Thank you for this question, Sir Pink. Um, It's a good one. You know, Aladdin is BlackRock's uh, institutional arm, right? They have a whole bunch of assets and they want to do analytics on that and risk mitigation so that, you know, you don't see these massive swings and volatility that follows the market. But they're starting to recognize, you know, crypto as an investable asset. And when you you see kind of institutions embracing things like that, that's kind of a component of that. I guess that kind of counts for the subscription revenues, but that institutional piece is where I think this is going to gain a lot of traction. You can't just be a, you know, very small exchange and get those kind of contracts, right? You have to be one of the big dogs and the leaders in this field. And I think that's what Coinbase wants to be. They don't just want to be an exchange for retail investors who are buying Bitcoin from their desktop computer in their basement. You know, they want to be part of where the volume is. Uh, And I think that's in the institutions. You know, this is something that Crypto EQ and I have chatted about on our podcast for two years now. You know, that's where the real money is for crypto. You see every one of the large brokerage, large brokerages and even the asset managers um, embracing this, right? Fidelity has $10 trillion in total assets. They partnered with um, Coinbase last year for institutional work, right? They want to do something similar. They wanted to have the analytics, but then they went and they actually launched their own retail trading uh, brokerage for, for crypto. Zero, zero, uh, zero fee within within fidelity there but i think the institutional piece you really where you've got larger account sizes you know you look at the amount of money that's going into 401k plans that's in kind of these target date funds or it's in you know kind of these these bond funds or things like that can you start building out that to have more and more of an institutional presence that's where i think the opportunity is for coinbase let's not just keep thinking of this as you know a, a retail trading exchange there's a bigger opportunity for them yeah, sounds good. All right. We are coming up on 30 minutes here, so we're going to wrap things up. Uh, let me go back to Dana and then Simon. I'm just going to have you guys do kind of a rapid fire here. The the closing case for each one of these companies right now, AbbVie is uh, still ahead in the, in the polls by a fairly sizable margin. So uh, this is your chance uh, to, to argue for which one and see if we can uh, move the needle here for either one of these companies. Dana, I'm going to have you go first. What is the closing case for AbbVie? 
as uh, the stock to pick in our market madness? Yeah, no, you know, I, th- I think a lot of the things that, you know, we've covered just, you know, a strong company, um, experienced, uh, really deep pipeline of therapeutics, um, the aesthetics components, um, and just really, you know, knowing what it's doing in addition to, you know, providing the dividends and returns for um, shareholders. You know, it's just, you know, a solid pick. Um, and, you know, JT, I really liked your, your lipstick um, component as well. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, when you, when you need something that, that, you know, helps you feel good in troubled times, you know, having something that, you know, is stable, um, that you can feel confident in um, is a good thing. There you go. Put some lipstick on your portfolio there. Simon, Coinbase, let's get the closing arguments there. Coinbase wants to be more stable. It wants to be one of these companies that says we want stability and cash flows and we're going to be conservative with how we run the business. So that even though you see transaction revenue down 86% year over year, that's also keeping in mind Bitcoin hit a a high price of $65,000 a couple of years ago too. Uh, Coinbase is not just going to be feast or famine where it's feasting in the great times and it's completely famine in the day. It wants to kind of have some stability of how it runs its business. And they've said so in their shareholder letters that they're looking out for the long-term interests of long-term shareholders and institutional clients. I think that's the key, JT. I think this entire industry needs a little bit of trust and Coinbase might be the company that gets them out of this funk. So I think there's a lot of potential for them going forward. Definitely a riskier pick with more potential upside in three years. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And again, if you want to vote on this, come to Twitter. Our poll closes in about uh, 18 hours or so. And when that poll closes, we will send out an email letting people know who won and detailing a little bit about each company. Uh, Also, if you want to learn uh, about more great stocks to invest in, that is what we do at 7investing. And our newest product, Seven Investing Starter is one that you can get absolutely free right now. Uh, This is a product we just launched that is a condensed version of our main premium product. Uh, With Starter, you get two reports each month instead of the usual seven if you're a premium subscriber. Uh, Each of these reports comes with a full write-up, full breakdown where we go through kind of like what we did here. Uh, Look at the risks, look at the, the buy thesis, look at what's going to be happening Uh, and why you want to consider holding this company over the next three to five years as a long-term growth investor. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, no risk right now. You can try it for free. And there is a link at the bottom of this uh, Twitter spaces where you can just click that link and subscribe for free right now. You get your first month free after that. It's just 17 bucks a month. Uh, You can also join Premium, which is our main service. You'll get all seven stock recommendations each month. You'll also get access to our exclusive uh, subscriber call each month where you can ask all of our advisors questions. Uh, You'll also get a chance to get into our uh, community forum on Discord, which is kind of a 24-7 place where there are hundreds of subscribers uh, chatting about all these companies. It's uh, as somebody who's on there probably more than I should be. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit addictive. So that is just some of the offerings you can get here from Seven Investing. Uh, we are happy to have you and thank you so much for listening and keep an eye on Market Madness. We've got a, a great matchup tomorrow uh, for you to follow and you can go to our Market Madness page. Uh, I'm actually heading over there right now 
to see what we're going to be talking about uh, tomorrow. And uh, you can find it there. We have all sorts of great matchups to go through. And uh, let me pull up the Market Madness page right now to see who we've got. Well, actually, Simon, you may know. Who's, uh, who's coming up tomorrow? Re- refresh my memory. What's, uh, what's next up on the docket for Market Madness? We have Microsoft versus SoFi Technologies, JT. Oh, man, that's going to be another fun one. All right, so that's going to be tomorrow morning. So uh, wake up early, grab your coffee, see who won between AbbVie and Coinbase, and then check out SoFi versus Microsoft. Uh, that's going to be tomorrow morning. So until then, thank you all for listening, and we will see you tomorrow, everybody.